They're cute, cuddly, and expensive. When kids cost so much, it's literally too expensive to work. Rich and Regulars Julian Saunders is back as our co-host and has a lot to say about this. Plus, we reveal the results of our Money Friends poll and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. Good morning. This is Julian Saunders, one half of Rich and Regular, coming from my dining room table in Atlanta, Georgia. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like Julian Saunders of the award-winning Rich and Regular blog. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. This episode of Money with Friends is sponsored by Tiller, your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated each day. Go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for a free trial and 20% off your first year. And of course, to support the show, right, Julian? Absolutely. So you said you are half of Rich and Regular. I am. I am the, uh, I'm going to be nice. I'm the regular half. My wife oh, is the half. you're you know, both Rich and Regular. We are, we are. But yeah, listen, it's it's been so fun. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a place where we tell stories. We talk about our lives. We talk about how money influences and shapes our lives. And so it's been uh, it's been great. We're looking to continue to tell more stories and help inspire as many people to make better financial decisions in the process. And you've chronicled some pretty big accomplishments on the blog. I mean, you paid off your mortgage, right? We did. Uh, we paid off the mortgage in our old primary home uh, on my wife's birthday in 2017. Wow, that's a nice yeah. birthday present. It was. It was. You know, I am. A, I'm, I'm a fan of the grand gesture, and so <laughs> that was one that we did. I think we even went out to dinner that night. We, I think we could afford a babysitter after we made that big, that last Yay. wire transfer. But yeah, it was a really really special moment for us. Oh, you guys are are so inspiring. I love, by the way, just to go off topic a little bit, if you guys go to their YouTube channel, Rich and Regular, you will see um, your proposal in Machu Picchu. And like, I almost cried. It was so sweet. So uh, thank um, you. wonderful, relatable family. Well, now your family, you have an almost three-year-old as well. So looking forward to keeping to getting to know you on the season of Money with Friends. And on that note, which one of our friends is going to bring us into the headline? Hmm. This is Gertrude, room mom over at the Stacking Benjamins Facebook basement group. I just like hanging out and chatting about the news. That's why I tuned into Money with Friends. All right, Julian, you got this. All right. So here's an article um, came out on January 9th. I want to make sure I credit the author here, Eliza Birkin. This is from NPR. Uh, It was called, for some DC parents, it's too expensive to work. Alex, a consultant and former Marine living in Alexandria, learned she was pregnant with her first child last year. She and her husband had been planning to start a family for some time, making spreadsheets of all the expenses that might come with caring for an infant. But their plans were scuttled at an early doctor's visit. It hit the fan the moment he was like, oh, there's two heartbeats, says Alex, who asked that WAMU was only her first name as she considers whether to return to her current employer. Not only was their first family edition now two, the twins were sharing the same amniotic sac 
a risky complication to the pregnancy. Alex required regular monitoring. She spent five days on bed rest before delivering her daughters at 32 weeks in September. The twins spent their first couple months in the neonatal intensive care unit. Alex's military provided health care covered her medical expenses and her employer paid for several months of leave. But her workplace will not pay for child care once Alex returns to work in a few weeks. Expenses that could total as much as $4,000 per month unrelated to any medical issues. My net income, this is a quote, would be so minimal that it doesn't make a lot of sense to even work anymore, she says. Alex isn't alone. As a DC area parent, as DC area parents contend with some of the highest childcare costs in the country, annual fees in the district average about $24,000 for infant care and $19,000 for toddler care. Some are deciding to opt out of the workforce for going a salary and avoiding high childcare costs. The cost of child care. Families in the region have several options when it comes to child care, but none come cheap. Lower cost options include home-based centers, about $17,000 annually, nanny shares, $20 to $25 an hour divided among participating families on the higher end. Oh my God, Julian, that wasn't the higher end. On the higher end are au pairs, about $20,000 per year. Child care centers, $24,243 annually in D.C., um, the cost is enough to make some couples rethink having children. Kimberly Perry, executive director at DC Action for Children, says the cost of care has risen sharply in recent years, due in part to the increasingly recognized need for quality early education. Quote, this is a relatively newer industry. As more women start to enter the workforce over the last 50 years, the work of caring for young children has essentially moved from the unpaid stay-at-home parents to salaried labor, Perry says. This period of birth to age three is really critical for social, emotional, and cognitive development. So the need for credentialed, trained, and degreed professionals is really critical. And then there's this chart from the Economic Policy Institute about the cost of childcare in the United States, comparing it to other large costs that families face. So the first thing they list here is college. The cost, and I assume this is in-state tuition, is 5756 and get the, the source here is Economic Policy Institute. Housing, about $17,000. Four-year-old care, $19,000. Infant care, brace yourself, infant care, $24,243. That basically is saying, according to the Economic Policy Institute, that the cost of child care in the district exceeds in-state tuition at a four-year public college. And by a lot, by the way, 5000 versus 24000 Oh, my gosh. Julia. Yeah. It's a lot. I'm going to keep on reading here. Other reasons for high costs include the materials and facilities needed to care for kids and even parking. In a recent Atlantic article, staff writer Derek Thompson points to three reasons for the high cost of childcare in the United States. Salaries, regulation, and rent. Spending on childcare, he says, increased more than 40% between 1990 and 2011, while middle-class wages remained roughly the same. Where do we even begin? Oh, my gosh. So we are both parents. T talk to me, Julian. You you chose so, this article. So I remember when we first made the decision. And so we were so fortunate. You know, our son was our mother's, their first grandchild. And so they were willing to do whatever it took. My mother had just retired. Actually, both of our mothers had just retired. And so they wanted nothing else to do other than to just jump in. And so they it was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, my mom. Tuesday and Thursday, her mom. 
uh, would be at the house. And so we were so fortunate. Our son was cared for by his grandmothers for the first year of his life. When we moved to a new area, that situation didn't work out that well. And so we were essentially shopping. And I remember the ranges being uh, the lowest one was around $850. Uh, there was some around twelve to fourteen thousand, and there were a few that were also around like seventeen or eighteen hundred. I mean, it was like the Ivy League of daycare, and it was so expensive, and I just couldn't wrap my head around it. It was at the same time that we were building a business. Long story short, we landed right in the middle, and so we were spending fourteen hundred dollars um, a, a month for our son, and it wasn't until a few months ago that that number went down, just like by. $30, $40 or something like that. But I mean, it is a lot of money. But what's what's your story? So my story is very similar in that and I am in New York City, as our regular listeners know. So childcare here, very expensive. And um, and also one thing people talk about is, you know, this has become, they talk about it in the article, it's become a professional industry. And we made the decision to treat the person that's, you know, caring for our child as a professional. We paid them, sort of on, on the books, I guess is what you would say. A lot of people, because childcare is so expensive, want to pay people sort of just cash under the books. We made the decision to keep it official. And so with all of the expenses with that, we were also paying her taxes and we were paying for um, the appropriate um, disability insurance. We were paying for the appropriate workers' comp insurance in case, God forbid, something happened and she got hurt. And our nanny did have a family as well. So we just wanted everything to be on the up and up. And all in, it took, uh, when you factor in that and the fact that we were paying her taxes for her, um, it took up 50% of my my pay wow. at, at the company. Well, I was working at Reuters. People know that. So I was working at Reuters and it was 50%. And I think when you're saying 1400 a month, people forget that that is after-tax money. So depending on what tax bracket you're in, and if you're in a two-income household, my husband um, is the breadwinner. So I was in his tax bracket effectively. I mean, it's merged, but you know, I had a higher tax bracket than I would have independently. And so really a lot of that other 50% was going towards taxes. And by the time you got through with taxes and I had to have a relatively extensive wardrobe because I was doing on-camera work and all the costs of transportation to go to work. And we also, by the way, paid for the nanny's um, Metro card. So, so she had her transportation covered. So uh, I really was making very little profit. I think right. I made between, depending on how you calculate it, between zero and $20,000 net profit some years working in a pretty lucrative job just because we were paying for childcare and the high New York City taxes and the cost of working. And so I read this, this really, when you brought this article to my attention, this really resonated because I think if I am a good case scenario, I had the good job, I had a second you know, income from my spouse, I had so much going for me and I was struggling. And it was a major factor. And I have talked about this before in my decision to create my own business and not work for a corporation because by eliminating the nanny from age eight on, I didn't have a nanny for my son. We had occasional babysitters, but I eliminated that cost and was able to keep my top line similar. We netted a lot more money. It just didn't pay, even in a good job, to work necessarily for a corporation. I do want to add in though, that it's important to note, I was contributing to 401k and I had health insurance and benefits. And those are important things before you quit your job to factor in. And it's a really yeah. important thing that people do understand that I was getting those very real um, compensation elements to my total package, that people understand that. But I think that this is a tragedy in our society right now that we can't afford to work. 
especially it's often the women. It's often it's often either the women or whoever has the smaller salary. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right, and it's 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 scary to think about it. You know, I remember when we were making the decision, we were kind of crowdsourcing it. We were asking other people and say, "Hey, what are you paying?" Because, like, you know, honestly, I, I credit my wife; she did a lot more of that research there, uh, and so she was really clear on uh, what the different options were. And I was really just showing up full transparency and saying, all right, well, let's go. I like the way this one looks. This is how much it's going to cost. And we have to factor in a lot of other things. You talked about the cost of work, but there's also just the additional commute. If mm-hmm. the daycare that you choose is not in a convenient location, that has a you know deep in- impact on the way that your household runs or the amount of time and then maybe even gas or just, it just it, the whole thing just balloons and it can be um, really, really stressful. But I'm really glad that you shared your story and your perspective because to your point, even with the good job, it right. was really, really challenging to do that. There was another piece in that article that I was really, really uh, pleased to see, which was that they turned the tables a little bit because it, it, it speaks to a couple of things. And so one of the examples there was actually of a father who decided to leave. And he was the one that said, you know what? My wife is the one that is bringing in the big bucks. I'm going to step away. And he, I think he wrote a book and pursued it. I apologize. I don't know it off the top of my head. But it, it, it highlighted a couple of things. One, that there are actually a lot more fathers out there that are willing to be uh, active fathers, even though I hate that term, just father. How about that? Uh, that are really willing to just be there and spend time with the children if needed for the sake of the family. Um, but it also highlights that there are more and more increasingly uh, female breadwinners out there. Uh, and I was really happy to see that uh, being added to that article as they were talking about this, uh, this particular issue. We tape this live in front of a Facebook audience. Let's take a couple comments from our audience joining us here. We've got Kimberly here. Do you want to read that, Julian? Uh, yes. This is Kimberly Jacobson Dalbeck. I hope I did not mispronounce your name there. Um, I can see part of the comment, but it says many people I know are limiting the number of kids they have or are waiting longer between kids to reduce childcare costs. I can't yeah. read the second part. Um, she says, between student loans and childcare costs, I wonder how this will affect retirement savings in the long run. Oh, it absolutely will. It, it absolutely will. And it's it's a huge psychological barrier, too, because so many of us have been uh, tr- not even trained, but conditioned to believe that you do whatever it takes for your kids at all costs. And unfortunately, you know, if, if we're making a trade-off in terms of planning for our retirement, what we're also potentially handing off to our children is a future challenge that they're going to have to uh, deal with. They're going to have to take care of you now that mm-hmm. they're in their formative and developing years because you weren't able to uh, stash away enough money for your retirement. So hopefully that's not the case, but I think it is pretty clear that that's going to be the trade-off that some people are making. We also have Miles here. Do you want to grab that? You can see it says my wife and I. Yeah, Miles. My wife and I established a good financial foundation before kids and also had non-traditional work schedules. So she or I would always be available to take care for our kids and remove the need for daycare. Plus, I think no daycare usually means fewer illnesses. As someone that thought he was going to wake up with pink eye, but didn't this morning. <laughs> I completely agree with you because on, <laughs> I didn't share this with you, Bobby, because I didn't oh want to freak you out. I got uh, an email on Saturday from the daycare because they sent out an email. Anytime one kid gets sick, they send out an email to everyone and saying, hey, illness in his classroom. And, and, and it, was, it was weird because I saw it and I was freaking out. I said, I can't do this because I'm going to be on camera on Monday. I can't get pink eye because 
uh, you know, it's going to be obvious that I'm dealing with this issue. Uh, but that was not the case. And you're absolutely right um, in, in, in calling that out. We also put this out to our Instagram audience, which you can follow us on Instagram at Money Friends Pod. Okay, so this is what we asked them, Julian. And by the way, I am putting Julian on the spot. He has not seen the results to this. Okay. We asked our Instagram audience. We said, this is our tease to the show. We said, kids are so cute, but childcare is so expensive. Have you ever felt it was literally too expensive to keep your job or your partner or for your partner's job? So the two choices were, oh my God, yes, or I got this. So how many people thought, Oh yes, it's oh my god, yes, it's literally too expensive to keep my day job. 85%. You were close. That is correct, and that that is the majority. Um, yeah. we had it was 64%, oh my god, yes, and 36%. I got this. Um, I really think that you were on target. We're gonna call it a win because you got the majority. That's how I we're gonna it. do it. Um, I and then we asked people to tell us more about their answer or their take on their experiences with the cost of childcare. You've got some of those answers there, Julian. Let's see. Ooh, daycare costs for San Diego full-time, $1,500 a month for one kid. That is Julie Glodern. Um, let's move over to, I'm guessing, is Louisiana. Cajun Budget Mama says, only have one in daycare at a time and take advantage of dependent care benefits. Um, I'll take one more here. It's Miss Bop. My child care costs more than my mortgage. Oh my I gosh. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen very, um, I've seen a lot of similar responses. We've had this conversation and I think we polled it on, on our Instagram a few months back, but it was similar. There was some shocking numbers. And I remember DC being one of the highest. And so I'm not surprised to see that they're calling out uh, DC in this particular article. Yeah, it's it's a lot. And look, it's it's uh, it's a reason that we all need to be organized with our finances to at least know where the money is going, because unfortunately, a lot of it is going to children worth yes. every penny, I would say, as a parent. Right. <laughs> That's where you go, of course, give you, children give are you priceless. I, you know, this daycare, they were they were propped up outside this daycare the other day and they were um signing kids up for coding workshops, which is exciting, but he's three. He doesn't even know how to deal with. Oh, but they will sell it to you. Julian, my new, new father, Julian, still relatively new. The upsell is real. Maybe it's just me, but he doesn't even know, uh, like, you know, how to deal with a remote control car, but they're trying to get him into a workshop for coding. Of course they are because they want you to write a check. Okay. Let's move on. Let's talk about our sponsor, Tiller, because Money with Friends is brought to you by Tiller. You can manage your money 10 times faster in a spreadsheet, so you can pay pay for so many extra activities for your kids. With Tiller, the only service that connects your banks to Google Sheets and Excel with your daily spending transactions and balances, unlike financial apps that force you to compromise, spreadsheets are fully customizable for your needs. So you can figure out, again, if you can afford coding classes, if you really want to, I don't think three-year-olds need them. Just saying, even if you have all the money in the world, really, you probably don't need to send your kid to coding class. But if you did, Tiller is going to help you see if you can afford it. Tiller makes it even better with automatic daily feeds, your spending balances and transactions. It eliminates data entry, multiple account logins and CSV files. You just connect your banks once to see your transactions automatically updated each day. Basically, once it's set up, you don't have to do anything. Just go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for more info. You get a free trial. And then if you sign up, you get 20% off your first year and uh, they'll send us a thank you. So thank you for using our code. Let's do some takeaways, Julian. Do you want to go first or do you want the final word? 
Uh, I will go with the final word. All right. I am looking in the mirror on this story. And now with a 12-year-old, life is getting a lot less hectic, a lot less stressful. And I'll admit, I am relieved not to be paying for childcare. I am seeing the light, the stress of constant logistics and money, money, money for childcare is just too much. And as I said, I had a good job two-income family, and a family that, although I didn't have regular care on a schedule like you did early on, Julian, I did have family in the area that could step in at times and be there for me. That said, I don't have solutions. I bailed on corporate America, and I get it, but this is not the way an economic powerhouse like the United States should be. Just saying. Mic drop. I completely agree with that. I'm going to pick the mic that you just dropped Uh, (laughs) Uh, and, and I will ditto in a sense and say this is a call to action really for employers. If you uh, agree that you are in a war for talent, if you want to get the best and brightest people, then you need to meet them where they are. You need to provide flexible arrangements and you need to uh, look at some of these huge opportunities for uh, retaining and attracting some of those people. And this is clearly an opportunity to provide a solution for some of those people that you say are your number one asset. So well said. This is a people issue. You want people to be there for you. You have to be there for them. Rich and Regular is there for us. Tell us more about what's going on there. I like that. I'm so excited. This is actually fresh off the press. We just got uh, an email, just confirmed. And so the prettier half of Fish and Regular is actually going to also be speaking at a Money on the Mountain, I believe is what it's called, retreat. It's in Ecuador in August. Uh, it is an all-women's retreat. And so if you are interested in fire and you are interested in global travel and you are a woman that is willing to go to Quito, I believe it's called Quito. Yes, My wife will be speaking uh, alongside a long list of really, really talented and brilliant women um, at the Chautauqua uh, this year. And so if you're interested, head over to our website soon as I make the update. <laughs> and then we'll link directly over there so you can register to attend. That is so exciting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, this like we're breaking news here on Money with Friends. And you can get to learn more about Julian and Kirsten and Rich and Regular by going to our website, Money with Friends Podcast, where you just click on Thought Leaders and you can see our whole season three cast, which, of course, includes Julian and other people you'll be meeting in the next few weeks. And um that's really exciting. If you want to be part of our Instagram polls, you can follow us at Money Friends Pod. Stay close to the stories where we will uh, let you know when we're, we will be taping and put up our questions, polls, and quizzes for you to participate in and maybe get a shout out on the show. And tomorrow, Joe will be here, I believe, with Paul Ollinger. Forgive me if I am wrong, but I believe with Paul Ollinger uh, for his debut as a thought leader on season three of Money with Friends. So thank you, Julian, for being here. First up, starting off strong. Thank you. I love it. It's been so much fun. I could do this every morning. All right. Well, we love having you and we'll have you back in about four weeks. So everyone subscribe, stay tuned. And thanks for joining us here on Money with Friends. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. 
For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.